0: we are shows what you know we'll always watch tv and if you think we can't we'll watch more and you'll see that's why the people of the web believe in jim from las vegas and jacob from sweden Extra, extra, escaped handmaid, oh, I mean kidnapped handmaid returned to safety and her loving, caring family. Praise be. May the Lord open indeed. Welcome to the Gilead Gazette. My name is Editor-in-Chief Jacob Burrows.
1: And I'm beat reporter Jim Scampoli. Blessed be the fruit. Uh, The Lord has really delivered us, uh, delivered us the kidnapped victim. Back to Gilead. Oh, the Lord is so great. Uh, welcome to the Gilead Gazette. We are here to discuss the Handmaid's Tale episode four, "Other Women,"
0: of season two. That's right. Yes. Um, other women. I, th- I first I thought, is that a reference to uh, like hell is other people? And then I thought, oh yeah, other women. It's like you're you're like when you're cheating on someone, you're the other woman. And then I thought it probably means both of those actually.
1: Yeah, and I guess uh, the the common theme throughout this episode is women letting June down, right? So it's kind of like with that. I mean, yeah, she is the other woman, and basically every other woman in her life is kind of beating her down. Why do we watch this show, Jacob?
0: (laughs) Well, that's a good question. Uh, You brought up last week how you were kind of saying how there's kind of a cap, maybe, on how popular the show could get because it's kind of a heavy show. It's kind of going to bring you down a bit. I didn't feel that as much last episode, because I knew it wasn't going to end well. But this week, I really felt that, because it's kind of like, oh, we're back, and we're going deeper this time, guys. It really, I mean,
1: uh, you people at home, you've seen the episode, right? At least I hope you have. Um... This episode not only do we see our hero June beat down completely but we the audience are completely beat down and I guess it's maybe part of the point I'm trying to give the writers and the creators credit here like I think maybe we should be asking ourselves why we watch this show I mean I I believe probably most of us we watch this show because we want to see our heroes win and we want to see these people, like, I want to see Serena, like, shot in the face, you know? I want to see mm-hmm. Aunt Lydia, like, dragged by a horse. Like, you know, it's, right. it's very... Very specific. <laughs> it's reminiscent, you know, it's like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is always very good, like with Joffrey, for example, where you have these villains that you love to hate and you're just kind of counting the, the seconds to see them get their comeuppance, but... Oh, it's really tough, man. Because this episode—I mean, the show in general—obviously very bleak, dealing with some heavy stuff. Um, and it, uh, you know, the 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 artistic answer for something like this would be—you know—we want to learn from, you know, we want to uh, you know, we, we we want to learn from the mistakes that haven't happened, and we we want to not go down a path like this, and so we want to. Uh, respect other people, and we want to... I don't know. You know what I mean? It, but it's just tough. Yeah. What am I watching? I mean, even when it first kicks in, we she gets tagged right back on her ear. So everything that we... this These small victories we've had the past three episodes are, like, completely
0: done, and yeah. we're back in Gilead. Well, I think taking a more calloused approach, taking a step back, structurally speaking, if she just escapes in episode one or two um i don't know it like i was excited about it i actually i mean i wanted her to that was part of the whole point but it's like as i said we're back and we're going deeper because she kind of has to go deeper into what it is to be a handmaid to then be able to truly escape it even though i don't enjoy that none of us probably Hmm. enjoy that um but i can see how sitting in a writer's room. I don't know if this is how it is going to go, but I can see how sitting there, it's like, well, we can't have her escape in the first episode, or like, we can't, we 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 want her to get out towards the end, or to do something cool and big towards the end, but like we can't just have five episodes of last season again. So we throw in this thing where she almost gets away and then really fuck her up and that will actually make it worse for her because she had a taste of freedom and then she's pushed completely down because she, even though nothing technically that bad physically speaking happens to her this episode, the um, mental and emotional sort of push she gets down is so strong that it affects her and she breaks, which we haven't seen through a whole season. And we wouldn't have gotten there if the season just started with her in the same position.
1: That's, yeah, that's very true. And it makes, it it does make complete sense. I mean, it definitely should have been a red flag when we're starting the season with the escape. I mean, I think even when we did the discussion on the episode, it did, I think we made some comments that it was very surprising. And of course- uh in, in like hindsight it should be clear that you know that's things were not going to go that easy uh, unless the show was completely comp- uh, set up to go in kind of another direction and reframe um our main character and uh what she needs and what she wants to do so it's tricky I, it's you know, it's, you
0: know. it's sorry to cut you off i was just going to say it's tricky ground to thread because to thread because it's uh, wish fulfillment on one side and then just utter dystopia on the other and you got to balance it. I'm not going to say what happens in Game of Thrones in case you haven't seen it, dear listener. It's pretty good. I recommend it. Um, but there's a lot of time spent thinking nothing good will ever happen in this show. Yeah. And we're just in season two, remember?
1: Yes. Yeah. And because, I mean, we, we've we had a lot of discussions just in these first, like, three episodes for this one about, you know, where where are we headed and are we going to get a like, satisfactory ending, or, I mean, not even necessarily ending, but are we going to get, like, the hell yeah moments, and, you know, by the end of this episode, it, <laughs> like, you're beaten down, and it doesn't feel like you are, and I'm surprised, I mean, I got to give the show credit, because it's, it's a ballsy move, Uh because I've seen I've seen people quit shows for less, at least from what you read online. It's hard to say if people actually do follow through, but you know, you see yeah. the the forums and social media, and you see people react to character deaths or you know storylines and shows, and people are quick to say, I'm, "I'm done with this show. I can't handle this." And I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of people after this episode be like, "I can't watch this show anymore."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they would stop for like until the end of the season and then come and back. Then maybe I think, he-
1: yeah, if you hear how things go, I'm not saying I'm not. That's not me. I'm tough. Nah. I can handle it. Yeah, give me what you got, writers. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's handled very well through this episode as well because we see. I mean, even just starting out with uh, June's. Voiceover. And they've always been very playful with that. Uh, It's one of the things I really like about this show. Between her voiceover and some of the music and filmmaking choices, they're able to be a little playful with some heavy material and kind of keep you invested. And they do that here in, um, like, they use that greatly to show how serious things are. Uh, Because even just starting out, she kind of has some funny little, you know, I know like this is what they used to do with pigs they let them play with paintballs just to keep them busy and you know mice in a cage would electrocute themselves just to pass the time and she counts the flowers on the comforter and she has a little crack like i wish i had some paintballs and it's like ah there's that june we know that's our you know that's our she's keeping us grounded we're here Mm -hmm. we're with her she's dealing with crazy circumstances but we know we got june And, you know, as we see throughout the episode, especially just even just little hints or looks and comments she makes, like, ah, she's still got that fight inside her. But then by the end of the episode, we realize the whole episode is about beating all of that away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and which is in its own way more brutal than watching handmaids getting their hands torched on an oven and things like that, because it's always been, well, you can break our bodies, but you can't break our spirits. Oh, never mind. Never mind, yeah. you broke our spirits. Um because I mean it is not a good situation to be in, and she even expresses through the episode like, I wish I was dumb. I wish I couldn't feel shame. I wish I was like that pig in the beginning more or less. And that's what she tries to do at the end. And honestly, I don't think she is completely broken. I think she's just looking for solace in that or looking for peace because there is nothing she can do right now. Um, Like Mayday has stopped helping handmaids. Nick couldn't get him out. The guy's dead. Everyone who helped her uh, is murdered because of her. And she has to feel that shame. Like she had to feel the shame of taking a husband away even though it wasn't really her fault, even though she didn't force him to do anything, uh, Luke or the guy in the in the present who gets hung in this episode, um she still feels that shame because he's it just of course she does, um, but she tries to escape it. There is no escape uh Aunt Lydia gives her one though, and for now she's taking it, and it makes sense to me even though it makes me sad
1: yeah, yeah i I would agree with that, but it's still it doesn't really diminish the effect i mean, if we kind of when we talk about the end of the episode here and even you know nick tries to explain himself if they have like a quick moment outside and he's outside the car and she's like they before that they have basically what i would equate to a superhero suit up scene except yeah. it's the unfortunate event of her getting her handmade superhero suit on uh because yeah. it's like i i love the way they shot it because it is it's kind of like putting the veil on and putting on the robe. And it's kind of sweeping in a way because there's always that, there's always that golden light coming in through the window in her dark room. And yeah, she gives them the, you know, we've been sent good weather, but then we don't get that connection to June that we usually get as the audience where she can make a crack or a quick like reference or something to us. (laughs) It's just, we've been sent good weather. We've been sent good weather. And yeah, it's uh, fucking. It's heartbreaking to me. It's it yes. really. It really affected me. It really got me. So I, yeah. I do got to give. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to the the writers and how they kind of constructed, uh, built to this moment.
0: Yeah, and one piece of that build up is um, earlier in the episode when Aunt Lydia reminds her about posture, dear, and moves her head so she looks down. Um, And then in the ending scene, she just does that naturally automatically looks down, which incidentally means she's looking right at the camera, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't have the connection with us that she would usually have. Or we get to see inside that it's like, yeah, that's part of what makes it so jarring, even that she would look down automatically on her own. But then we're there. She doesn't see us. She's not talking to us anymore. She's not talking to herself anymore. She's gone.
1: Yes. Yeah. And um. Yeah, and especially, I mean, I know it's kind of like not really going out on a limb uh, saying that Elizabeth Moss is great, but um, like (laughs) she's so great in this episode. I'm like saying the obvious, but like it's really, really impressive and um, like completely nails every scene because, especially just throughout the episode in the beginning, when you can see those hints of June and those hints of rebellion in just the small victories and the way they're slowly beaten away. And you're right. It, it gets fully encapsulated in that moment where she's looking in the camera, but not looking into the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, 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 it's more crushing than her being pulled from the plane. I feel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they do an interesting thing as far as the flashback uh, this episode, because I don't think we get a flashback for most of it. And then all of a sudden, we do. And we start seeing these glimpses. That's when they're having this weird ceremony where they're all standing around Serena and all of that. And she starts uh, seeing the past again, seeing this other woman who pops in and uh, talks to her about leave my husband alone and all that. And as we discovered last episode, we probably should have known <laughs> already, but she's a Handmaid because she's an adulterer and all that. Um, and um, this is like like she feels shame she felt shame for it in the past even but it's one of those things where you shouldn't feel shame for it but she does feel shame for it and that all ties in with the shame of the moment of having gotten another man killed and and all these things um and i think i think it's pretty interesting to leave that it's like 30 minutes of the episode before we even get that flashback because they really want to tie that together—the the past. I mean, that's the reason she's in Handmaid, um, and also tie it to the present and and the shame. She says she she wishes she did, didn't feel shame.
1: Yeah, and it's um, the way they're hitting on it. And I, I mean, I I do agree. I mean, I guess we probably should have known that, but I feel like it's probably a revelation to a lot of people watching this show that like there's a specific reason why she's a handmade Handmaid because i always did think it was just more like if you were fruitful if you will you were kind of just pushed into this uh role unless you were more well off or something um but in a way the way they're hitting on it and i it, i don't think this at all but you almost start to second guess because june's starting to think maybe she deserves this because of what she did but in a weird way, the show is trying to trick you as well to be like, oh, okay, well, that, I mean, that's why she's a handmaid. She cheated and, <laughs> you know, she cheated and married a, she's an adulterer, of course. Uh, yeah. Not that anyone would believe that, but like they give you that small little slither and I think it bleeds in enough and it's very purposeful because that's kind of June's mindset in a way. Um, yeah. And yeah, the way sure. they're hitting on it in the flashbacks as
0: well. Yeah, and the woman she met last episode is made a handmaid now to repent, which was the yeah. thing she feared more than anything. Great. Um, I mean, I I, st- I still am iffy on who like give me some fertility statistics <laughs> on this world, please. Just yeah. just even in it in the background, in like a PowerPoint or I I guess like a Gilead PowerPoint would, which would be like scrawling it on a wall or something. But just give me some percentages, just because I want to know why it's such a coincidence that none of the upper class people are fertile. Yeah. Like not a single one of them. If apparently it's not that rare. And if not, why not marry someone from a lower class? Is it just because the handmaids should be able to give children to as many people as possible, as many commanders as possible? But then – because the, then you can't marry them because then they're only going to have children with one person. But then there's a lay, there's an econo wife who's having them. But I would guess – I mean it's like you said um, – the, the, there's no real reason you're made a handmaid. This is a, like, totalitarian regime that will do whatever they want with you. But they managed to instill that in your brain that, no, no, if you're good, this won't happen. Exactly, yeah. And
1: um, it's a nice reflection on uh, June's interaction with the Econo wife in that previous episode where, you know, she talks about how she'd rather die. And, you know, there are a lot of points you'd almost think when you're going through this episode, like maybe you'd rather die. But then, no. I mean, I, I guess it seems like life is still the choice. Uh, yeah. And at least for June, and especially now with their unborn child. So it really kind of puts that to the test and seeing it laid out because it's like, you know, should she choose to just be, um, to be chained to a bed and give a baby and just wait to be executed or she try to go for a chance and especially with the the great thing about aunt lydia is she's such a hateful piece of shit but you get that you see that she has this weird sympathy sometimes and she feels like she's doing the right thing and like you do feel that she cares about her handmaids and yeah In a way, she is kind of doing the best she can for June in this situation. Like, that's kind of the only real option, even though you still want her dead.
0: Yes. I mean, the episode is called Other People. And as I mentioned, I thought at first it was a reference to Hell is Other People, which is one of those things you hear. But I don't know what it's from, so I looked it up. (laughs) uh, And it's a quote from Jean-Paul Sartre, which is the correct pronunciation, um, where he talks about it's in a play. It's literally. I mean, I thought it was more metaphorical, but it's about three people in an antechamber who figure out they're in hell, and Mm. it's literally they're they're just in hell with two other people. But the overall point of it is shame comes from other people. You can't feel shame on your own. The existence of other consciousnesses is what makes you feel bad in the world. Their gaze, specifically, is what alienates you and locks you into who you are because if there was no one else you could be anything but other people or other women are the they're the ones who give you the role depriving you of your freedom the role of society or whatever it is and in this case aunt lydia is one of those other women but they're all painting each other into different corners in the society and it really is showing how like no one I mean, no one's happy with this, but everyone is sort of put into their role where they need to be. And there's plenty of shame to go around with. We have Serena and uh, Aunt Lydia, of course, June, and even the Martha, who was supposed to help with the letters, who just gives them back because she's afraid. And just in general, everyone putting themselves into this situation. It's other people who are the real devils, but it's the same for everyone.
1: Yes, yeah, and um yeah and and you could be you're unknowingly affecting someone else in kind of their own hell for what you're creating for them and yeah because even something like that like because we I mean they they spell it out for you but it's uh, like such a great way to spell it out of how like we see June go away and like Offred take over because you know June's the one that kidnapped Offred and you know, June did this, June's responsible for, um, off Glenn getting her tongue cut off and for the other, uh, handmaid who had her wrist burnt up and, you know, yes, then the, the the man that was hung and now the child has been, will never see his parents again. And his mother's a handmaid, like it's, everything's taken away. And even like the letters is such kind of a simple thing, but it's just uh, obviously such another huge blow. And then when yeah. June has to deal with or offer it, I guess has to deal with Serena coming in and speaking to her stomach and trying to feel the baby kick. She tries to get her uh, little bit of hope from her etchings on the wa- on the wall of the closet
0: floor, and that's even gone.
1: They went and fixed yeah. that as well. Everything's been taken away.
0: Yeah. So, sort of completing her transformation there. I think the last flashback she has is them just in a cafe, where she's just repeating that this is all her fault, and she sees the cafe, and that one isn't even her being confronted by Luke's ex-wife. She's just there looking at her, and it's like we said, the gaze of someone else challenging who you perceive yourself to be and painting you as someone different. And, I mean, even Serena with her cigarettes... um, getting taken away from Aunt Lydia. It's so interesting with Aunt Lydia because she's clearly, like, below them in stature, but she has this very specific role, and anything pertaining to that is her field. You can't mess with that. And she can snap the cigarette out of your mouth and say, no, 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 even to, like, an upper-class person because this is so important to them.
1: Yes, because you have to play this role of... Even though you're not pregnant, you're going through those same motions because whatever their dumb ritual is. I mean, and, you know, it it was always clear from the beginning when we saw hints of these scenes in season one as they were, like, spelling out the world and we saw, like, what a pregnant handmaid was going to, uh, going through, Uh, you know, we knew that probably June was going to have to go through these things as well. Doesn't make it that uh, much easier to swallow as you have to watch this bizarre baby shower they have and these weird... Customs, and you kind of pretend that the uh the wife is pregnant uh yeah. it's just you're yeah. glowing yeah <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. it's just it's it is like the the show ends, and you like feel dirty for watching <laughs> yeah. it like I think even yeah. I pulled up like an article on vulture and uh about this episode, and I mean they kind of have an interesting question to open it up it's like are we addicted to watching women suffer on television i mean i'd open up even yeah. more like we. We like to watch, obviously, people go through hardships and come out heroes on the other side. But, I mean, this show specifically, obviously, uh, it's just women suffering (laughs) uh, completely. And, yeah, sex enslavement, psychological torture, faux hanging, brainwashing, just to mention a few. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on.
0: Yes. Let me dig up because I did write something about that that I didn't get a chance to get into. Um, and this was something I, I just jotted down some notes on, but it seems appropriate to what you brought up, um, talking about assault and, in general, the suffering uh, portrayed in this show. I think a lot of media has been criticized recently, obviously, for making sexual assault character building. Um, like there's, It's pretty common that you want to make a character strong by making them go through something horrible, and then they exact revenge for it. And people write that a lot because revenge is satisfying, Um, but it can be a big issue, I think, because the assault itself is used to toughen characters up, which is fucking weird. And it's not treated in the manner that such a subject should deserve. It's almost incidental thrown in there to make them like a hardcore badass character because now they're going to take revenge for it. And the reason I don't think The Handmaid's Tale should face any criticism on this is that the subject is treated as more than just a check mark on a list of character traits. Um, you know, June has been through uh, these terrible things. <laughs> well, what I wrote a few episodes ago was that June has been, been, she's been through these terrible things, but it's not all consuming of the character. That's what I wrote a couple <laughs> of episodes ago. Yeah. And that's totally f- being flipped now, which is interesting. Um, and but on the uh, yeah the assaults and in general the the humiliation and everything she's gone through hasn't been her defining characteristic, and now it's I mean now it's broken her. Um, at the same time, it's developed more. It's not there just for shock, as I think some stories and writers will do. So the story is saying so much more than just oh, going through hard times is the only way to make you strong. Um, That is part of it, because, of course, these characters face awful things, but there's more to it than that, Um, you know, showing society in the past and the present of the story. Um, So so that's I mean, again, I wrote this a couple episodes ago. That's why I probably, along with millions more, am so down to see Gilead go down. Um, Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I still agree. I still think you're on I think I still think you're on the right track because. Yeah uh and and i think like a lot of the lesser versions of you know the character goes through hard stuff and becomes tough or even if it specifically is related to like sexual assault or rape uh you don't spend i mean part of why it seems cheap is because you don't spend time with the trauma And with the actual effects, like you kind of skip, you have a small like sad and then you skip to the tough badass. You know what I mean? So I guess in the end, uh, it kind of might be more important to spend time here and see how, you know, someone can be broken. And again, like it's not that this is just specifically related to. Um, uh, sexual assault, because it's like, you know, uh, from all angles, and there's seems like there's no hope. So I think if, if as long as you spend time to explore that and show real effects, uh, and how someone can try to, you know, run away, whether it be inside their head, or uh, just kind of go through the motions, I think that's an important step that's skipped a lot of times.
0: Yes, I think so, too. And I mean, let's make this character's life awful and then have them get revenge is just a speck compared to what this story is. That's such an oversimplification because there's so many layers and so much complexity um, and they're treating it in the way it deserves. As you said, it, it is um, It is kind of rough, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's in, like... Uh, yeah. oh, go, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it is... Uh, I'm, I still think that it will go more towards wish fulfillment uh moving forward but it's like it's like we have to go here to go back i guess but i don't know i was also thinking about how the uh there's not going to be specifically sexual assaults because she's pregnant right now but the assault of having her whole body taken away through these weird rituals and things, and Serena coming in to feel the baby kick, it's even more making her worthless... As as uh, I mean, I I wouldn't say that, but making her feel like she doesn't have possession of her own own body it, on a permanent basis, not just during the course of uh, some assault, but actually like it's it's a continuing thing of you don't own your body, and it's part of what helps indoctrinate her, I guess. And as you said, run away in inside rather than outside.
1: Yeah, and uh, in a weird connection, uh, kind of uh, like. Kind of a reminder and a meta sense to like Dolores from Westworld. Uh, Check us out on Westworld theories. By the way, we also discuss Westworld. But I mean, it's like that's kind of taking the character that we're used to seeing being the damsel or going through problems. But like the literal like iteration of that character coming back for revenge for using her for those purposes. So. Uh, you know, it's just kind of an interesting comment on it. And I think they're kind of covering the same ground because they have to be aware of what they're making. And I I think they are going to try for something. Like I have more faith in what they're doing that, uh, you know, it's going to go somewhere and have something to say, uh, on the handmaid's Tale.
0: Yes. So any change as far as your predictions for the end of the season (laughs) is, gilead gonna blow up is she gonna get to canada what are you feeling at this point Uh, i don't know it almost
1: feels like it kind of has to kind of maybe has to come full circle as far as the premiere of the season is concerned where she says she's free but now we Mm -hmm. know she wasn't and i do like how they kind of played with that here like i think on lydia was talking about her being free uh, in this episode, but I guess more talking about like being free from guilt and just kind of settling yeah. into her role. Uh, I I feel like it kind of has to end with her being free at the end of this season. We can't have, you know, she has the baby and then they keep think of a reason to keep her around. And now it's just this new torture of not being able to have her child. Uh, like we, it feels like we have to we have to get the promise that we got from that ending of episode yeah. one. We have to get the real version of that.
0: I think so. And as you said, it should have, it should have let us know that it was, Hey, this is episode one. <laughs> yeah. She's not exactly. going to get to Canada in episode three guys. Uh, but it, on the other hand, I mean, we have the scene where Serena storms in and chokes her and, Uh, june because she is june at that point actually gets to throw the line back in her face of like yeah as long as my baby is safe so is yours because that's what serena said last season but uh june can actually still say that hey i still got her inside me you can't get her out yet so uh, i'm a little bit in control here and uh, i guess it would be a uh fitting thing if she is somewhere with this child and serena is somewhere with hannah And uh, maybe they'd try to do an exchange or something Mm. uh, next season to to get that sorted out. It would also be interesting if we had Luke interact with Hannah and this new baby uh, in some capacity. And uh, obviously, it's going to be weird feelings all around. But yeah, I, I just I said this at the start of this season. We don't just want her hanging around in Gilead forever. But I feel like now we're going deeper in a good way as well because leaving the role of a handmaid behind without having the psychological breakdown completely of becoming one would almost have been not exploring the concept fully and now she is falling so deep there that when she gets out uh, it could be permanent.
1: Yeah, well, and it's... it's, um, It's a reminder too, like... I forget watching the show, like, her path to a handmaid, like, how... Quickly it must have happened because I mean we see like we we see from the flashbacks kind of like the methodical slow breakdown of society and the the weird changeover, but then yeah. you know, you look at Hannah and Hannah's not that you know it's not like she's much older when she sees her as a handmaid, yeah. and it's just a weird like. So were handmaids a thing when June was still not picked up and was attempting her escape? Or is it like she's part of the rookie class of handmaids? Like, it's just interesting that it quickly went to that point. And then even when we check in with her, say, season one, episode one, and we're having flashbacks to her, like, handmaid classes, like, how long has she been in this house before now she's where at this point where she's pregnant uh it's just interesting because it's it really is such a quick turnaround uh to that point where we have these handmaids in this kind of set society and whose whose role is what you know
0: yeah i have some vague memory that it was like oh they're suddenly rounding up all the fertile women. And that's when like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. Because before then it could have been like, okay, we should probably get out of here, but I need to get my paycheck so we can get the flights (laughs) or whatever. But then it's like, oh no, that doesn't matter right now. Because as you said, those things would happen and change so quickly after, I mean, we've seen how it was like, oh, now suddenly all the women are fired because women can't work. And that, but but that was happening, and it was like, wait, what? Mm. What the fuck? Or trying to use a credit card, like what? women can't have property? Wait, what? Like that would just be some weirdo saying that you wouldn't understand the big shifts happening. Yes,
1: and and I guess another question I have: Do you think so? We see we meet Annie. <clears throat> excuse me, we meet Annie in this flashback. Do you think we'll be seeing this character here in I guess modern times?
0: Uh, that's Luke's ex-wife. yeah, Luke's ex wife. Hmm. I don't see the point of it right yeah. now. Maybe there would be a point, depending on how we end the season. Because I really... Even though I hope she'll get away, I have, really have no idea. But right now it feels like... I guess maybe she could pop in and like, hey, I'm in the colonies or whatever. But she doesn't have that... I mean, it's a good uh, good bit of acting. But she doesn't have that much character right now. Yeah. Um, it could happen. But... I don't think it's – even if she was the one who who ratted them out, like, no, she should be a handmaid. She's an <laughs> adulterer. I don't think that's it. But if it was, it's like it wasn't really her fault either. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. What do you yeah. think?
1: I, I, I just feel like since they it, – it was weird that they felt the need to show us where June's mom was. Although I guess arguably she's obviously a more important character, especially to June. But, um, I don't know. I think since they're maybe exploring this a bit more, maybe they will figure out a way to at least show us her place in this current world, in this Gilead world, or if it you know, I'm sure they would love to play with the idea that she has to help June um if she's in Canada or whatever. I mean, but I guess we'll oh, see yeah.
0: Uh, also you made me realize June's mom is probably like definitely alive right cuz i just assumed she was dead or maybe did she find out she was dead or
1: no she just saw she was working which i assume was in the
0: colonies yeah so we're clearly going to see her right i imagine or... i bet
1: you yeah. when we're when we're checking in with uh, emily or Offglen, i'm mm-hmm. sure it'll be like she doesn't she's not going to realize this is june's mother obviously but uh, we're going to see a tough old broad, you know, in the barracks, a cigarette in her mouth, uh, giving orders and it's going to be June's mother.
0: <laughs> yeah. In order for them to make it dynamic, they're probably likely to do the opposite of that. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Um, that does kind of cover this episode. I feel I look forward to mm-hmm. the next episode. Justin hopes that, as you said, this episode had to be her breaking down But then it's like, please let me get something different. Let's not be at a static bottom of the lowest place. Next episode, let's get a different movement going. Um, Probably we might focus on some different characters, I should imagine. But I look forward to it. And um, if you have any opinions on the show or on on what we've said about the show, you can email us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com, and we will include it in our discussion next time. Uh, You can also uh, view the show on youtube.com slash showswhatyouknow or showswhatyouknow.com. As Jim said, we also do Westworld Theories, which you can find on your podcatcher of choice or on showswhatchyouknow.com. And uh, uh, cut to black, a Soprano sit-down where we discuss every episode of The Sopranos every Sunday, and um, you can find that on our website as well. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Well,
1: yeah, when I I turn over to the entertainment section of the Gilead Gazette, uh, I see that there's awesomepedia.org where you can find Uh more uh, from Jacob, All kinds of great content, and uh, I also see there's a listing for com where you can find more from me, Uh, you know, podcasts, comedy, all kinds of good stuff.
0: Very perfect. I think that's uh, everything except I just have one thing to say.
1: Oh, what's that?
0: Stop the presses.